But no yasser, bloody hell. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. I am never, ever, ever letting that bleak uh, touch OBS again. It's just not worth it. I've, I've, I'm, I'm up at 1.30 in the morning trying to, I want things to, I'm trying to fix things and uh, just to get them working so I can work them and you don't need a fucking computer science degree to uh, link everything up. And of course, it's still Friday, fuckers, and uh, we've got to, we've got to feed that blick otherwise. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't do all the other stuff. So, uh, again, all donos are going to uh, tax evading Blick, Simon Phoenix. Got to ramp them up. They were on the low side this morning. So, uh, what are we going to be doing today? I want to, there's a little update with uh, the Patriot system I wanted to have a look at. Um, hearts in the UK. And uh, just a funny clip that's just popped up in the in the discord i was getting ready we're gonna have a look at that and we're gonna do spike versus uh interactions with alpha cyanuclein flogging yeah but you know the bleaks on the plantations you can't just uh can't just keep thrashing them endlessly and uh <laughs> what is that simon got me to install the free video editor i smashed all my shy <laughs> yes literally Look, man, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And like his, his setup, I'm sure, I know, is, you know, top notch and everything. But I guarantee you, it's like this. Oh, yeah, we'll do this. It takes 10 minutes. Update update everything. Do that. And something will break. And then I'll, I'll lose four or five hours as we work through the problem. And basically, so like new OBS has this, I, I don't know, beta option for like being able to individually plug applications in for sound and um it just it doesn't work it doesn't work on a practical level for me and um it keeps screwing with everything and keeps overriding stuff uh if i reset the computer and um <laughs> the and then it just goes back to normal so new obs is shit <laughs> Hey, I don't, I don't like updating stuff. I want things to stay the same. But uh, it is what it is. You can hear me. Hopefully, uh, if the donos come in for that uh, tax evading, tech wrecking blick, uh, I've got some new stingers. Not new, but they're they're lined up on the board so I can accept access them. It's what you miss <laughs> me. Me raging at you, Simon Phoenix. <laughs> just this goddamn beta thing, it just doesn't work. It's shit. I'm not touching it anymore. I want everything back how it was. And no. It doesn't it doesn't fucking work, dude. So um when it's not beta, we'll maybe take another look at it. SEO <laughs> 4 is the way to go. You know what? Fuck ASIO 4, right? You know what works? The old inputs for OBS, that works. And the old transitions, those work. I'll stick with that. So, 
<laughs> All right, so let me uh, let me do this as I get ready to dive into the uh, stream. Um, and again, uh, feed the blick. We need to. I've got to uh, got to make sure he's in Maggie D's. So. Um, all right, uh, I'm putting this one up again. Pre on spotting, uh, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant meme from Dank Memes, and uh, yeah, got old David Croco in there as well. Um, nice. Um, all right, so if you've wandered in here and wondered who I am, why am I raging at uh, evading blicks on the plantation? It's because I'm a real scientist with real metrics, and you can find out all about me. And now. I spend my time as a renegade science against the systems that I used to help and support that I thought was the future. And now I'm very, very concerned in the directions that it's taking. The tyranny that's barreling down on us is a scientific tech fascist one. And uh, this... Uh, this is my way of trying to undo some of the karmic damage I may have inflicted upon myself yeah, that's it um so yes that's me i am a real neuroscientist i do all neurosciencey things and we're going to do some neuroscience in this stream i've been trying to get to this paper for a long time there's been a bunch of neuroscience stuff come out that's of uh interest and i'm just i'm, I'm struggling to keep up with it It's not a proper techno debacle unless your keyboard or mouse dies. My, my keyboard is messed up now. I've tried cleaning it and I've still got this sticky Y key. And um, I, I'm, I'm just at the point I want to... <laughs> Kev needs a new keyboard. <laughs> Grip for that. And uh, let me just see. I want to see if anyone's... Feed that bleak. Come on. Feed that blick. Oh, I don't even have the tab up. But uh, let me just check the baseline first and uh, get ready on a quick draw with the memes. And uh, boom, straight away, uh, we have... Oh, there's one from... Uh, oh, there's one from earlier. So, uh, two. Oh, you've... Okay. You've made your, uh, you've made your salary, uh, Simon. <laughs> Thank fuck. <laughs> uh, we have fixed outro sound bomb. No, I turned it back up. I'm just putting everything back. All right, so uh, I can unleash some of the new stingers. Um, one for Cathy. Uh, is this number going to work? Um, yes, it's loaded up. the keyboard look <laughs> <laughs> man look I'm critical of the juice I'm just not I'm not quite a push them into the sea yet but uh I've got <laughs> This, this Arabagic prop is great. All right. Uh, so, let's uh, let's see. Uh, Laura uh, signed one in, and I have another one lined up, which should be uh, somewhat novel, this one. Uh, 
Boom. Yes. Now the chat went behind the window. Yeah, it'll come back. It should come back. It's supposed to fucking end. That <laughs> fucking tech. <laughs> Go away. Stop. <laughs> I just see if anyone uh, else has uh, chipped in. I've got more. I've got more lined up, ready to go. Should you send some in? So, but I can afford to pay Simon now. Thank you. Thank you for Kathy and Laura. Uh, all right, moving on. And uh, the most important part is, of course, we are in an information war. Very likely a hot war. And uh, we're staking out our trenches and uh, engaging in OSIN, I think. That's that's what we try and do. Um, science focus. And you've got to have a forward operating base for your trenches and ours is McCann Dojo where you can find all the links to get in touch with me and also the links to uh, support the stream Patreon WTYL.live tip jar is the one you want to really use uh, GayPal is down below in rumble settings uh, or descriptions and uh, up in the chat with a hot link and you can join the discord from that page and of course register to be notified and of course uh, this is a bit of magic that Simon has done you can watch the stream live uh, on that site should you so wish if you don't wish to give your data to big data uh, let's see uh, moving on of course uh, where Simon does excel of course is our, our streaming video on demand platform this is why we have to pay him and uh we should well <laughs> maybe i should refresh the page shouldn't it auto update that i'm live no <laughs> goddamn tax evading blicks <laughs> nigger rigged <laughs> where's the where's the live bro <laughs> the live's not on the front page <laughs> Oh man. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> oh well. I can't I can I switch the can I switch the live on for the chat now? <laughs> Where is it? I don't see the live. <laughs> Where? It's hidden, bro. It should be right at the top. And I noticed there was uh, no sound earlier. Does this play with sound now? No sound. It's, it's, I haven't checked other uh, other WTYL videos. What about this one? Reality is this. Okay, it's just that video itself. So, all right, never mind. <laughs> it looks nice. I do. I really prefer this layout. But it just when it does this, it just needs a life to pop up, dude. Check under recent. Um, recently added. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Wonderful. 
Shouldn't it be on the home page though? <laughs> there it is. What was I looking at? Channels? I don't know. <laughs> Still a mystery to me. <laughs> if we go at home, you should find the live and uh there we go. It should be live on there. All right, all right, all right. So earlier we were looking at uh, U.S. officials confirm Russian strike on Patriot, Patriot system in Ukraine. But what's a, what's a flesh wound? It's just a tis but a scratch. And, uh, of course, um, I mentioned this. I found it. Um, I don't know if this is real. <laughs> but if it is, it's a top troll from the Russian embassy. Uh, U.S. manufactured Patriot surface-to-air missile system has been struck by Kinzhal hypersonic glide missile in Kiev. A doubter's gonna doubt, doubt, doubt. Uh, Patriot with uh, dollars fluttering everywhere saying wasted. And there has been uh, this update. So this from Military Watch magazine. So I'm... It's not the... It's just a image. So maybe someone's altered it so keep that in mind uh patriot radio st uh, radar station and five missile batteries destroyed in russian hypersonic strike on kiev <laughs> it sounds like it wiped them all out <laughs> following a major strike on ukrainian capital kiev in may 16th which involved use of multiple missile classes including deployment of kingsile ballistic missiles against ukraine's patriot air defense systems new information regarding the strike has continued to emerge with western sources having confirmed that a patriot system was taken out of action the russian defense ministry on may 18th reported according to verified information as a result of a strike by kingsile hypersonic missile system in the city of Kiev, a multifunctional radar station, as well as five launchers of the Patriot anti-aircraft missile system manufactured by the United States were hit and completely destroyed. Uh, it was previously only confirmed that the radar station, which provides command and control for each Patriot unit, was destroyed. Ukraine received two units of Patriots from mid-April, but the first delivered less than a month before the recent strike. The United States repeatedly proved reluctant to provide the assets or to allow its European allies to do so. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Not only because this would deplete... <laughs> the relatively limited arsenals available to the US military and its allies but also because of their extreme cost and the significant and reputational damage which their destruction in combat could cause you think? <laughs> the system's failure was widely predicted in light of its highly modest combat record against much simpler missiles than those in Russia's arsenal. Three primary factors thought to have influenced Washington <laughs> to eventually approve transfer of patriots to Ukraine included sustained pressure from European allies, the danger of Ukrainian population centers becoming unlivable due to Russian strikes on critical infrastructure, and the very serious depletion of Ukraine's existing air defense network built around Soviet S-300s and Buck systems, which the country inherited in considerable quantities in 1991. Patriots are by far the most costly military assets Ukraine has in service, and they're delivered, has absorbed, I think that's a typo there, has absorbed. Yeah, you know, this grabbing screenshots off Telegram, uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is <laughs> some SFB. Uh, 
bit of manipulation. English sounds a bit sketchy to me. Uh, and their delivered has absorbed, uh, I think that means their delivery has absorbed a high portion of the funds allocated to aiding the Ukrainian war effort, an investment which it was long argued by multiple analysts would be far from cost effectively. Yeah, again, another another little English error. I don't know about the... Uh, if anyone wants to find the link, this is Force Index, apparently uh, May 18th, 2023. I say, uh, this is just, I'm just reading this. I'm not vouching for it, but um, the Patriots were assigned to protect the capital following major Russian strikes on critical infrastructure with their much lower mobility and more limited arcs of fire than even Soviet era variants of the S-300 system, limiting their suitability to use near front lines in eastern Ukraine. The Patriot system target reportedly fired 32 interceptors of the Kinzhal ballistic missiles that target it all which failed with this salvo alone having cost approximately 96 million dollars 96 fucking million dollars holy shit wow uh let's see <laughs> century says technically they did intercept the missile <laughs> I think that's how they put those scoreboards up, though, right? Yeah, we intercepted it, but um, it means good effect uh, on target. Uh, let's see. Yes, Simon sent me an article the other day about uh, the Leopard's performance in Syria. Um, not all it's cracked up to be. Um, let's see. And this German Iris TA2AD platform is probably better than Patriot. It's in use in Ukraine. Yeah, there's lots of stuff in Ukraine, right? It's like taking down those to uh, MiG-35s and the helicopter, right? So that was a AWACS system with, so the missile on the ground doesn't have any um, radar um, signature going out. It receives instructions from the AWACS, heads to uh, where it's supposed to be and then switches on its radar in the vicinity of the aircraft and then takes them out. So I'm sure I'm sure they've got other uh, other systems in play, but, you know this it's just it's just indic indicative of what a farce of a war it is and i think a, a a good a good example of how detached the technocrat bureaucratic levels are from realities on the ground and you know i wanted to um well yeah i, I mean we can look at this if I can find it real quick. What was it? Cyberspec, right? Um, you know, I, I, I was strolling through this and just look at uh, this. Well, it's off. <laughs> Are Ukrainians happy with their uranium shells? Are glowing with happiness. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to watch too much gore, but uh, western part of Atomovorsk last night. Yeah, I, re I really think the Russians are starting to dial up the pressure um, on Ukraine. And um, I don't see much as uh, I scroll through the uh, NAFO channels. <laughs> Just... Uh, 
just BBC reports and uh, Radio Times saying that Russia's running out of missiles uh, real, real soon. But there was one clip I wanted to say. Yeah, these two were just... Um, blew, blew my mind. Sorry, I'm playing it really fast, so... Look at that. Coming to a city near you, Europe. That was literally two minutes. I don't know. But there's about what thirty seconds between loading and um, I mean, it's you can see it sort of moving across the target. But fuck me. <laughs> what a disaster, man! What a disaster! And you know, there's there's a similar one here. It's a little shorter.
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I thought we saved that kind of shit for the Arabs. <laughs> but Um yeah, I don't I don't know why they put music on it. I mean Now, um, why do I say this is a COVID zombie? Um, well, we'll have a look at the next image as they drag the individual out of the car. Anyone catch it? Anyone catch it? Um, masked and uh, I bet juiced to the max. And impulse control disorders, folks. Impulse control disorders. They don't just manifest motorically. Um, how the fuck do you just not stop? I, I don't know. And again, um, you know, you have to put this in the context of, you know, when the brain's not firing uh, and wiring correctly. Uh, because you've got you've got these aggravating little amyloidogenic peptides seeding themselves all through critical networks and infrastructures in the brain. You're likely to engage in all sorts of uh, wrong, you know, like uh, neuro. As we as we scientifically uh, examined the other day. Uh, um, yeah, he's got uh, he's got masked, um, a very soy boy like uh, physique, and um, I'm I would I would say he's he's carrying a large amyloidogenic burden. Stay there, don't move. Hey, you're on where's your license? Where's your license? You Get the fuck out of here! 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 Now, I mentioned earlier that uh, they've suddenly, I've, this has never happened before, but uh, have uh, started a mass cardiac screening uh, at schools, or, or at least my kids' school, that even um, my boy, who I'm teaching at home at the moment, had to go, uh, it was requested that he go, so we sent him, and uh, they did, they didn't tell us, actually, they just said it's for medical, could he please come? And uh, he came home and told me that, uh, yeah, they did an EKG on him. 
Toy I am pretty on Touche, who said that? Oh, Daft B free TA. Touche, bro. You just get Saddam drip for that one. meeting today no um look i i saw i looked at it briefly and apparently zelensky is coming to japan i'm inclined to go to the fucking airport and protest his arrival here fuck him fuck fuck that and uh he's coming around grubbing for money and pulling people in pulling countries in to a useless useless conflict it's another banker war banker war that uh someone someone mentioned in the chat earlier that um you know they're setting ukraine up as part of you know build back better they're going to make it a model state maybe i don't know what i do know is that people lived in those apartments and houses and um that's uh <laughs> everything everything was tickety boo people had lives they were living and uh no the the jew had to come along and uh with his uh money grabbing ways and decide that um they've, they've they need more war and here we find ourselves so anyway i wanted to get to this so uh astonishing rise in britons with an irregular heartbeat these are the main warning signs so the british heart foundation says the number of people with atrial fibrillation has topped one and a half million for the first time and at least two hundred seventy thousand more are unaware they have the condition um do i need to really read this article but um what i would be asking is um are they testing for cardiac amyloidosis Hmm? need to be crossing that off the list z-dog is a dead man walking and he knows it yeah look man if if you've been if you've been on the side that's pushed this technology onto people Right. Whether whether you were part of the research community that that was uh, thinking <laughs> we can go around tinkering with viruses and uh, make lots of moolah for the uh, medical me medical countermeasures industry, etc. And uh, and the organizations that decided to go with mRNA tech to express amyloidogenic peptides in people. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> What do I do? I just scream at a camera. Um, you know, thankfully, you know, the what what impact did we have from SARS? I got it bad. But then, you know, my family seems to touch wood. Um, seems to have um, not had any problems. And um, we, we weren't forced into a situation where jobs were on the line with respect to having to take these shots many 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 people were and something something's got to account for the for the sustained excess death that we're seeing it hasn't gone away 
let's see, Kev, what's the study or article about that one university? Is it that did heart screens and found 70% of people had subclinical myocarditis? Uh, it was in Thailand and it wasn't 70%, it was 17%. Now, that, that 17% of boys, young boys, and, you know, that number is sort of in the range of where we're seeing excess death. It's running around 20%. And cardiac amyloidosis needs to be, it needs to be investigated. And unless they're doing it properly, unless they're doing the biopsies properly, and this is what Richard said the other day, if you're not, if you're not specifically going in and biopsy, biopsying and staining properly for amyloidosis you wouldn't see it the organ would look essentially normal particularly in young people vaccines are the cause of excess death yes uh, um, i i think that that's a high likelihood but um i'm there's too much pathophysiology associated with SARS that we're, you can't discount that as being part of the MISCs and it being synergistic with um interactions with the peptide products from the vaccine itself this this is the territory in which we find ourselves and it's that's why i would put it in the context of a binary weapon system at this point until proven otherwise and you know i'm there's there's all the other issues around spike protein with its uh conotoxins and um <laughs> neurotoxins rabies like homology cobra toxin homology these are things that we found out very early on and you know all, all things that could impact the circulatory system and nervous system at, at a at a fundamental level and this this is this is in my mind right at, at best right we've had a chernobyl like a bigger, bigger than Chernobyl or Fukushima event around biowarfare, medical countermeasures, industries. Perhaps more likely is that um, the, the neurotoxicity with the low immediate infection fatality rate is what they were after slow kill slow kill and you you amplify it by transfecting these peptides into people these this is the area around which we need to be thinking right now uh, it's, uh, unless unless things suddenly rectify quickly in the next few weeks and the trends would appear to suggest that 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 isn't happening you've had that tool on uh, <laughs> I was on that space arguing that Sweden's gone down into negative death. Sweden's just come off the back of a 30% increase in all-cause mortality. Non-COVID. It's not COVID. People aren't dying from acute respiratory distress. It's other issues. Uh, don't you think the cohort is very small where virus widely disseminates to allow spike harm throughout the body, whereas mass vaccination forces throughout the body? We'll see the numbers inoculated with mRNA. Um, again, I don't know. I just I can tell I know from my personal experience, SARS was um, 
bad. I know that there was, I know many, many people were contacting me, especially at the start of the pandemic, because I was sort of talking in public, that um, a lot of people got messed up. And the, I have... I have little doubt that these figures that we're hearing of 20, 20 to 30 percent suffering with long term effects, particularly neurological, uh, they seem to be consistent in the literature. And, you know, you take those people and jab them again and boom, you've, you're making a cocktail for disaster. And, you know, the, we know that the vaccines are not stopping the viral burden, that I would class them as a genetic engineered palliative rather than vaccine. And um, I do think that there's data that it may indicate that it could keep you out of the um, most acute phases, perhaps. Um, but again, there's lots of discussion to be had around that data, but I'll concede that that the data does point that way but the long-term trajectories just don't look good and 20 20 percent excess all-cause mortality is um the, the fact that that's not being screamed out every day just again just tells you how effective their systems are at controlling narratives uh, let's see Do you think people will fare better in stopping viremia? I don't know. Again, I'm not. I'm not sure that it's. I think. I think it's the once once the body gets into these inflammatory states and the protein misfolding manages to catch a foothold. Who knows how that goes? And we've had such a jolt to a very very complex system that we're finding out how it sort of unravels through through yeah complex systems they're inherently unpredictable i know four people fell into coma three for sure covid fourth died all unpoked i know this personally yeah um you know there are but people did get schwacked by it and you know again some you could argue that you know perhaps they weren't in optimal health and what have you but you know had they not been doing these studies and had they not had uh, had these fuckers at the top not had their fingers on the trigger to pull these types of weapons whether it's the, whether it's the release of the agents themselves weaponizing the bureaucracy or unleashing untested technologies at mass scale that have serious serious safety signals all around them that are long-term surreptitious disease mechanisms yeah i think i think they're both dangerous try to avoid both and you know if, if given a choice um you know a mild case of omicron and make sure you look after yourself in the in the recuperation period is your best bet probably i mean it's in the environment now and so there's there's no getting around that and you know i i also think we have to just take into account the predictions of gert van den bosch which is in this um a scenario where you're vaccinating in a evolving pandemic you're just going to force the virus into ever more um 
adaptive ways of getting into its host organism and you know the the, the data's out there um you know what what i would do is just you know and this is a mistake that you're seeing from um what was that true for dude where he's trying to compare one country to another can't do that everything has to be within one country there's too many there's too many differentials and confounders to say compare japan to germany or or united states for example even across the united states you it, it's such a large continent and the um you are going to have distributions and concentrations of genotypes and phenotypes etc again it's, it's it'll take years to pick through um avoiding that yeah it's nearly impossible um you can't avoid it right but i don't i i would be very very cautious about being um flippant about um your exposure which is you you're heuristic should just be mitigate i don't want to be in situations where um you're in a closed room like a party like a house party or something like that or um you know i would i would be inclined look it comes down to this man you either understand you're at war and there are weapons being deployed right now the weapons that we're scrambling to try to understand or you're just gonna um you'll become a casualty I would wage, whether the odds would wager. Um, transmissibility doesn't always translate to pathogenicity. Yeah, I, I know. And again, I think it'll just come down to the, uh, very much the individual and their own um, lifestyles. But uh, we've got a good example coming up in a moment. Uh, so we can just go on from fluttering hearts to um, more data from ethical skeptic Um Neoplasms. <laughs> now, um, you know, what caused it to go so high in 2020? People stopped going to hospital? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But, um, oh no, this isn't the near. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is uh, cancer. And, you know, cancer is um, intimately involved with uh, protein misfolding as well. So, you know, where where does that where does that slope stop? And you know, all, all I can tell you is, when like I say I mentioned the other day, when I was doing my degree, and new variants Kreutfeldt Yakov came out, there was this you know hockey stick like graph, and there was severe panic, um, palpable in the country, but it it went up and then just dip down but you know we're in a we're in a situation now where um people i, I don't know how many people would are, are gonna keep going for shots still I, I i mean how many how many are you supposed to have right <laughs> but you know imagine that slope continues like that for 10 years that's going to take a significant chunk out of your out of your population and uh, here we have a fine, fine example. Oh, I'll play this one first. Oh, I've got the, got them both. Ah, shit. Hang on a minute. Let me get the other one. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, we got it wrong, as usual. 
do this, do this. Um, just, just bear with me, folks, because this is <laughs> this is worth watching. So let's do this. What? Let's Come let's on, watch John. this. Show. I do not love to talk with the internet about the times when I am discouraged, and I'm not saying that I ignore my frustrations. I totally don't. They're just not for the content. Like I want my like friends and family to help me out with that stuff. But right now, I'm discouraged by something, and I've learned enough about it that it's I think worth talking about. I am discouraged by this. Now, this isn't a monolithic thing. There are multiple reasons why people haven't gotten vaccinated yet. But I have seen a lot of vaccine misinformation, and I am discouraged by it. And I wrote in my script about particular kinds of people who are vaccine misinformants. I'm just gonna leave it out. I don't want to talk about that. Let's just say that there are some folks who want to create division and fear to exploit it for their own personal gain, and leave it at that. My first instinct when I see these arguments is to go one by one and pick them apart. Yes, young people. And uh, I'll just say, soy boy. <laughs> Look at that chin. He's got no shoulders and no chin. <laughs> get down the gym, buddy. People do need to get vaccinated to slow down the spread of the disease and have fewer human bodies in which it can mutate. Yes, the vaccine is effective. Counties with lower vaccination rates have higher hospitalization rates. And COVID rates in nursing homes plummeted after that first round of vaccine. And yes, COVID is a real problem. There were 300,000 more deaths in 2020 than there were in 2019. And that's with all of the precautions that people were taking. But do you know what I see being done with that when I do that? It's just more yelling and confusion and just more and more things I've never heard being thrown at me. Another argument that I haven't heard yet. And I do not want to and cannot become a professional vaccine arguer. I'm sorry, but none of it makes sense in the first place so it's clear that this isn't based in like rational debate it's based in partisan division and fear now, i'm all for increasing the amount of good information out there i just think that these public facing arguments never actually do that work and so sometimes i'm tempted instead of arguing to mock but that's even worse that's just falling into my worst instincts all it does is make that division deeper and wider and it makes it awful hard for people to come back over it if your goal is to get engagement on social media that's the way to do it if your goal is to get more people vaccinated you are doing the opposite of what you should be doing and lastly i have been a little bit tempted to make like my vaccination status and my pro vaccine status like a big part of my identity just like throw it out there and put it in people's faces and be like look see uh yeah i i, I have have a feeling that uh, this is the type of individual that goes around putting his pronouns uh, everywhere. Just uh, call it a hunch. We're excited and enthusiastic about this. Take that. And I look at that and it's kind of getting there, but it's not there. Because as long as it is about winning this war, it will be about perpetuating the war. So all of that seems like it's just making this worse. But I think I found two things that don't. First, just answering good faith questions. When people are confused, when they're conflicted, helping them. It's not about winning, it's about helping. But second, and I think most powerfully and importantly, you know what gives the most support and is most welcoming and creates the least debate? Gratitude. I am so thankful to the many thousands of people who have been working as hard as they ever have in their lives for the past 15 months to get these vaccines ready. I'm grateful to the people who built the testing infrastructure and who did the tests and who administered the vaccines and the people who through all of this have been caring for the sick. And I'm so grateful to now have some immunity from COVID without having had to have experienced the symptoms of COVID or become potentially a carrier who could make someone more vulnerable than myself sick. I am in awe of the dedication and work that has gone into fighting this virus. And there is no counter argument to that because that work happened. Those people did that work. And it's also not about a partisan fight. It's just how I feel. Does anybody think that the gratitude I feel toward the tens of thousands of nurses and firefighters who administer COVID shots is about oh god the soya cannot handle it anymore all right now <laughs> let's watch this uh what was the date on the other one uh one year ago and this one is one hour ago <laughs> good morning john so there have been a bunch of times over the last few weeks with uh rainbowy type heart in the background uh yeah i'm gonna say uh we're looking at a left hooker here folks a left hooker and this has become more and more real uh this is the big one though so i uh noticed that my lymph nodes were big i talked to my doctor she says probably nothing we'll send you in for an ultrasound got an ultrasound the tech in the ultrasound room was like i'm gonna go get a doctor 
<laughs> that's not what you want to have happen. Um, she was great, the tech, and so was the doctor. And they were like, this looks like it could be suspicious uh, for lymphoma, and we'll get you in for a biopsy. And then I took the order for the surgery and like the paperwork down to the surgery office. And I like gave it to the woman at the window. And she's like, ooh, hand delivery. And I was like, well, yeah, surgery's tomorrow. And she's like, oh, procrastinator. And I was like, well, no, it just got scheduled just now. And she, and then like, funk, like her eyes changed. It's like when you're in the American healthcare system, uh, you don't expect things to move quick. Like, that's not what it, that's not what it does. That's not what it looks like. And then when it starts to get a little bit efficient, uh, it's actually quite disconcerting. I've seen that so many times and it doesn't look like that. What's happening right now? It's like seeing a horse that has hands. It's just not, that's very upsetting. Like, it's good, I'm glad everybody's taking things seriously right now, but holy. So her eyes change and it's like seeing a flight attendant on a plane that's in the air running down the aisle. Like, that can't be good. I just, either somebody or everybody's having a very bad day. Because I don't know all the noises a plane makes and I don't know all the ways that the healthcare system works, but you do. And you look like something is weird. I already knew it was weird, though. Everybody has been great and very supportive. But biopsy, uh, good news, bad news. Uh, one, it's cancer. It's called lymphoma. It's a cancer of the lymphatic system. Um, and good news is it's something called Hodgkin's lymphoma. It's the most treatable, like one of the most treatable cancers. Um, it responds very well to treatment. The goal is cure. The pr procedure to get there is fairly well known, if unpleasant. I have a friend, amazingly enough, who has been through a diagnosis and treatment and remission. Now. How many, how many shots of mRNA did he have, right? <laughs> you done fucked up. Eat that delicious fucking humble pie and bon fucking voyage. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wonder if in his mind he actually makes the connection or not. <laughs> I don't know. Again, with ideologues, right? Your default position should be one of deep, deep suspicion at the moment. One of um, the fact that, again, they're, they're, they've gone to war and war in a manner which we barely understand. So, uh, <laughs> idiot. thank you for your sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is, it is what it is. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to move on. Uh, the ticks thing I still want to get to spreading of highly efficient spreading of misfolding, uh, protein by viral ligand receptor. I'm going to get to this paper. I promise. I wanted to look at this, right? Because, um, this gives a sort of example of uh, the types of responses that we can see. And look, I know the literature well enough that this has happened with the virus itself and with vaccines. And uh, apparently this is someone famous, uh, actor and writer Barry Duffield. And uh, let's, let's have a look what he has to say. When I came out of it, I had an anxiety attack. So I was fine while I was in the tube, but when I got out, I had an anxiety attack. And there was this really great nurse. And she came up and she just held me. And she started talking to me and she said, is this Parkinson's? And I said, no. <laughs> Sonny Jim, that's what we call uh, Parkinsonism. Uh, you're displaying the symptoms. Now, are you... Uh... <laughs> 
how are you displaying idiopathic Parkinson's, you know, the, the canonical disease progression, or maybe something a bit more severe. Maybe, maybe you're starting to develop multi-system atrophy. Who knows? But um, the networks and brain structures involved in the expression of those systems are well understood now. And he's not in for a good time. There's no fixing him. He's not going back to normal. They may delay the progression of the disease somewhat, but he's fucked now. I mean, it's it's not like he looked like he's a slob, right? I mean, he looks fit, healthy dude, right? Probably with the earrings, uh, another left hooker, but, um, you know. No, I said that I told her my story, and I said, but I can't definitively say it is, which is really making me crazy, because every time I talk to someone, they're trying to tell me that it's not. That everything I've gone through is not what I think it is. Yes. That everything I've gone through is not attached to the timeline. And she looked at me and straight in the eye and she said to me, she said, Barry, I see hundreds of people coming through these doors that have exactly the same as you. So you're not crazy. And I wasn't going to do this. How did that feel to be acknowledged, Barry? It felt great. Oh, I say, Ornando's in there with 50 bucks as well. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, you can have, uh, what can you have? This. May Allah awaken the people and help them to see the evil doings of Israel and the United States. <laughs> I don't need to say, uh, right? Uh -huh. Good doggy, yes, yopped, yopped indeed. All right, so um, this week we've been focusing, of course, on virus and amyloids, a vicious liaison, a very, very good uh, article. I highly recommend reading it. It's very readable. You should be able to um, keep uh, up to date with it. I've gone through the paper if you want to go watch that stream a few days ago. Uh, I'm trying to work towards uh, SARS-CoV-2 airway infection results in development of somatosensory abnormalities in a hamster model um i think that's a important paper particularly for those who um develop the uh you know the the pain right of uh me cfs type conditions and you know i'm i'm of the opinion that those are central nervous phenomenon and you know we're learning more and more and more more than we've ever known it's been a rapid rapid progression in data within that domain because of SARS and um, I guess that's from a scientific perspective I guess kind of interesting but for the people that it's been inflicted on when there was no need for that to happen um, someone someone's got to pay god damn it someone's got to pay all right, so uh, what did I want to... I'm trying to get to alpha-synuclein. So, and I also want to be look at 
this uh, preprint, which is Decoding COVID-19 mRNA Vaccine Immunometabolism in Central Nervous System, Human Brain Normal Glial and Glioma Cells by Raman Imaging. This paper is very, very interesting. Um, but I'm trying to keep to a schedule, and um, I pointed uh, Mary to this paper earlier, just that, um, you know, there's confusion around terms and definitions. And the current state of the art, amyloidosis, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, etc. These are technically you could call them proteinopathies or preinopathies because they're all subject to a very similar mechanism. There is a, it's not an infective agent. It's a, uh-oh, why is Rumble so far behind? Is, is that, oh, I see. Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, my fault. And, you know, I want, I want to try to give people this heuristic of being able to look at these what would seem disparate conditions. And, you know, the science is leading us to understand that there, there are fundamental disease mechanisms that have much in common with each other. And that's the, the, the concept of prion-like behavior, which is you have a misfolded protein. It's beta be depleted sheet rich now you know depending on the peptide itself and the position of where the be depleted sheet will be will depend on how it interacts with other peptides in the um, cellular environment and but the the underlying principles are very much the same and that's why there's this move to sort of think about rather than slicing and dicing it up too much and creating an edifice, right? So I like this paper because, um, well, if you look at all, does alpha synuclein play, etc. And um, this paper is going to address the interactions between spike protein fragment eases amyloidogenesis of alpha synuclein okay now i haven't read this paper yet i've been waiting to read it because i wanted to, i want to do it live and i want to give my reaction to it and i'm guessing that it's either computational study or some in vitro type uh, affair and We'll see as we find out. So let, let's dive into the paper. So Parkinson's disease is accompanied by presence of amyloids in the brain formed of alpha-synuclein chains. Correlation between COVID-19 and the onset of Parkinson's disease led to the idea that amyloidogenic segments in SARS-CoV-2 proteins can induce aggregation of alpha-synuclein using, yeah, okay, so it's computer simulation, uh, molecular dynamic simulations. We show that fragment FKNI, whatever, 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 of the spike protein, which is unique 
For SARS-CoV-2, shifts preferentially the ensemble of alpha-synuclein monomer towards rod-like fibril seeding conformations and at the same time stabilizes differentially this polymorph over the competing twister-like structure. Our results are compared with earlier work relying on different protein fragment that is not specific for SARS-CoV-2. Several neurodegenerative diseases are correlated with the presence of protein aggregates in the brain, amyloids that are characterized by a cross-beta structure. So, an example of such diseases is Parkinson's disease, where alpha-synuclein aggregates appear to be the cell-toxic agent. It's been proposed that such amyloids... And look, um, it's a case that sometimes you can look in the in someone who's been diagnosed as parkinson's and there's none of these inclusions of alpha synuclein aggregates it happens it's rare but it happens okay so it it's not as clear it's not as cut and dry as um maybe some people would think it is uh, anyway, it's been proposed that such amyloids may form as an immune response to an infection, rendering pathogens ineffective by entrapping them. And yes, and this is one of the reasons why I'm a little leery of um, amyloid-busting drugs. We've had them for a while. They don't work. And if those aggregations are there as a means to trap the peptides that are causing the viral peptides that are causing the problem dissolving those aggregates out is just going to release the peptides to continue to do more damage so you know this there's still much to learn While evidence for this microbial protection hypothesis is limited, correlations have been observed, for instance, between falling ill with COVID-19 and outbreaks of PD. Because of these correlations and SARS-CoV-2 promoted alpha-S amyloid formation in vitro, we have proposed earlier that amyloidogenic regions on SARS-CoV-2 proteins can enhance aggregations of alpha-S. In, the, in these previous studies, we investigated the interactions of fragments SFY, VY, SR, VK, SK9, SK9 of the envelope protein with alpha-S. We found that SK9 alters the ensemble of alpha-S monomer conformations towards such that are more aggregation prone, preferentially raising the likelihood for forming the rod polymorph. By themselves, can these preliminary investigations be criticized for relying on an isolated short SARS-CoV-2 protein fragment instead of the complete viral protein where the spatial environment of the segment may change its ability to cross-seed alpha-S? A related question is why the suspected health effects are not seen after infections by other coronaviruses that have homologous segments. However, it's been recently shown that such short fragments derived by enzymatic cleavage of SARS-CoV-2 proteins exist in humans and that in vitro they form amyloids. This will be referring to the work of uh, Hammerstrom and Nystrom. A special interest is the segment 194-203 FKNID GYFKI of the spike protein as it is unique for the SARS-CoV-2 virus and it is cleaved from the spike protein by the enzyme neutrophil elastase. This enzyme is released from neutrophils during acute inflammation as for instance caused by the infection or gene transfection. 
Motivated by these experimental investigations, we have researched with extensive molecular dynamics simulations the effects of presence of SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, whatever FKN, which we call in the following F110, and alpha-S monomers and fibrils. Our goal is to demonstrate that our previous results are not an artifact of the SK9 fragment, but also seen for the likely more disease-relevant and SARS-CoV-2-specific F110. For this purpose, we compare the effect the two fragments have on alpha-S monomers and fibrils to establish the commonalities and differences. Our results led us to... Sorry, let us to conjecture that viral infections raise the risk for amyloidosis when, as often in the case of SARS-CoV-2, the infection causes pronounced inflammation and release of enzymes that can cleave viral proteins into, in some cases, amyloidogenic fragments which can cross-seed human proteins. Uh, so what do we have here? Start configurations of alpha-S with binding positions F110A, yes, monomer... Yes, heat extended monomer C, okay, rod polymorph and fibril, yes, okay, okay, and twister polymorph. I don't see much difference between C and D myself, but yeah. Mm. One second. This one just seems longer. Uh, rod polymorph and twister polymorph. Okay, anyway, we'll see what they say about that. So, using molecular dynamic simulations, we investigate how SARS-CoV-2 proteins alter alpha-S aggregation. For this purpose, we compare the effect of the 10 residue segment, FKNIDGYF, I'm not reading that out, FI10, of the spike protein on the conformational ensemble of alpha-S monomers and the stability of alpha-S fibrils with that induced by the 9-residue segment, SK9, of the envelope protein studied by us in earlier work. As start conformation for the alpha-S, we use either the model of micelle-bound alpha-S deposited in the protein databank under PDB ID IXQ8 or a randomized and fully extended confirmation derived by heating up the PDB confirmation simulating it at 500 I guess Kelvin for 5 nanoseconds. For the fibril models we extracted decimas from the cryo-EM structures deposited in the PDB under identifiers 6CU7 rod-like architecture and 6CU8 twister-like architecture. In order to be consistent with earlier work we again at the N and C terminals a NH3 and a COO group for both monomer and fibril models. Simulations starting from the above described alpha-S monomer and fibril models described above serve as control for simulations where in addition also SK9 or F1 F110 peptides are present. Following Nystrom and Hammerstrom's, the F110 viral fragment was derived from the structure of the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein and is there in the virus and the vaccine itself. You are seeding people with amyloidogenic peptides and I think we're now seeing the consequences of that. It's taken three years, but um, yeah, I think I think it'd be upon us. Uh, da, 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 da. Anyway, some some other molecular um, 
jiggery-pokery going on. Docking F1 segments in a ratio of one-to-one -one with either monomer or fibrils at binding sites predicted by Autodoc, Vinner, or Haddock, we obtain the initial confirmations for our simulations, shown in figure one. Note the viral protein segments are not tethered to these initial positions, but move freely throughout these simulations and may detach from alpha S chains. In a few cases, we extended or repeated previous simulations of SK9 interacting with alpha-S monomers or fibrils. In these instances, we followed the preparation described in our earlier work. So, yeah, whatever that is for molecular modeling. General simulation protocol. So, following our earlier work, we simulate the monomer systems with a 99SB DISP all-atom force field. In combination, the corresponding A99SB disp water model, whereas the fibrils simulations rely on CHARM 36M all atom force field with tip free, free, tip free P explicit water. Both force field are implemented in Gromax package 2022, used for our simulations. Hydrogen atoms were added with the PDB2 GMX module of the Gromax suite. The start configurations for each system were placed in the center of a cubic box with periodic boundary conditions with a minimum distance of 15 angstroms between the solute and the edge of the box. The boxes were filled with water molecules and counter ions added to neutralize the system. Sodium and chloride ions are at a physiological ion concentration. The number of water molecules and the total number of atoms are listed in Table 1. The energy of each system was minimized by steepest descent for up to 50,000 steps, and afterward the system was equi equilibrated at 310k for 200 picoseconds at constant volume and additional 200 picoseconds at constant pressure, constraining the positions of heavy atoms with a force constant of 1,000 kilojoules per mole per newton meters. Now, um... Look, all this molecular modeling shit. <laughs> this was that was the people down the corridor, as far as I was concerned. Right, um, immensely fascinating. Um, I was, I was always the. Uh, I was used to be a snarky bastard and just be ah, garbage in, garbage out with uh, computer simulations. But um, there's the, the simple fact is that they do form part of the scientific repertoire that we have for investigating um phenomenon and you know what can be done in silico is you know if it starts matching up with predictions in vitro and then in vivo then you know you start going back and uh tuning those models and getting them more accurate and there's no um there's no reason just to reject it outright okay okay so stimulations oh sorry simulation started from the above generated initial confirmations constant temperature 310k was maintained by a v rescale thermostat with a coupling constant of a 0.1 ps at and pressure was kept constant one atmosphere by using the parallelo raman barostat the pressure relaxation time of 2ps by using the settle algorithm to keep water molecules rigid and restraining protein bonds involving hydrogen atoms to their equilibrium length with the links algorithm we were able to use a, a time step of two two femtoseconds i think that is for integrating the equations of motion since we employed periodic band i mean this this is happening at, at scales and 
distances that just are difficult to comprehend. <laughs> so, you know, there's you can you can do the protein chemistry right and you can mix it up and then try and do some proteomics etc but you're you're only ever sort of seeing the end product maybe the end products wrong way of doing it or, or the the dynamically emerging products as you ionize them and then send them into your math spec whereas in this case it's it's going down a, a much more deeper fundamental step and working off these, you know, femtosecond <laughs> angstrom level interactions. Um, it's, it's quite mind boggling. Since we employed periodic boundary conditions, we computed the long range electrostatic interactions with the particle mesh Ewald PME technique using a real space cutoff of 12 angstroms and a Fourier grid spacing of 1.6 angstroms. Short range Van der Waal interactions were truncated at 12 angstroms with smoothing starting at 10.5 angstroms for each system. We follow three independent trajectories differing by their initial velocity distributions. The length of the various trajectories is also listed in table 1. Supplementary material trajectory analysis. Oof, I bet you this is oh, no, no, no. The, the results are coming. So, the molecular dynamics trajectories are analyzed with Gromax tools, VMD, and MD TRAJ software. For visualization of conformations, we use VMD. Gromax tools are used to calculate root mean square deviation, root mean square fluctuation, radius of gyration, and solvent accessible surface area and later quantify quanti quantity relying on a spherical probe of 1.4 angstrom radius. Contact frequencies are calculated using VMD and MD-TRAJ software, defining contacts by a cutoff 4.5 angstroms in the closest distance between heavy atoms in a residue pair. The residue-wise secondary structure propensity is calculated in VMD by the Stride algorithm. Helicity and sheetness are defined as the percentage of residues with alpha helical, i.e. assigned H by Stride, or beta strand, and E for extended configuration, or B for an isolated bridge. So we need to commit those to memory. So H is alpha, E for extended configuration, or B for an isolated bridge. Uh, I'm presuming beta strand bridge. Secondary structure in frame of trajectory analyzed. Whew. It's hard work. And, uh, oh, yes, uh, John, Thank you very much. Uh, I know you're not so much into the uh, Arab. Uh, what can we have for you? Um, how about? You had enough? Why is that not working? Hmm. Things are still broken. God damn texturated blicks. I'll do a. What's his face? That means uh, I get some pay today. Nice. <laughs> Let's see. Centipede says femtoseconds would be 10 to the minus 15 seconds. 
<laughs> Holy shit. I mean, they have femtosecond lasers now, right? For sort of really sculpting electrode tips and shit. Um, da, 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 da. Mary wants to point me to a paper. Uh, let me see what that is. Same paper. We're working for it. We're working for it. So I've been I've been trying to get to this paper for a while, and I want to thank Centripede for uh, sending it my way. Uh, da, 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 da. In previous work, we established the interaction of SARS-CoV-2 envelope protein fragment SK9 moves the ensemble of alpha S chain structures towards more extended and aggregation-prone ones. We also argued that these changes favor assembly into rod-like amyloids. In the present work, we compare these results with that of simulations where we consider instead interactions of alpha S chains with the fragment FI10 of the spike protein as this fragment is is unique for the SARS-CoV-2 virus and is cleaved from the spike protein under disease conditions. We remark that our results are averages over six runs with the free starting from a micelle bound and free from an extended alpha S conformations. See the method sections. This is because we saw few differences between the two sets of runs in the last 50 nanoseconds of trajectories considered bias. We first compare the strength with which both viral protein fragments bind to alpha S chains. In the start conformations, SK9 has 27 contacts with the alpha S monomer, and F110 forms 22 contacts. The diffusive motion of the fragments in relation to the alpha S chain leads to a loss of many of these contacts. Let me pass that a little bit. The diffusive motion of the fragments in relation to alpha S chain leads to loss of many of these contacts so like i interpret that as as their simulation runs i guess because of the atomic forces those 22 contacts are breaking away so that's that's what i understand there um on average there are for sk nine of the original contacts left in the final 50 nanoseconds of the trajectory and none for f110 but some are replaced by newly formed contacts consequently the total number of binding contacts decreases more slowly and the average number of binding contacts over the last 50 nanoseconds are 21 uh, brackets 10 for SK9 and 5 brackets 3 for F110. On the other hand, when calculated by the method of REF31, we find binding energies of 19. Oh, what the, is this like standard deviation or something? Kilojoules per mole for SK9 and t minus 20 kilojoules per mole for F110 that despite lower number of contacts suggest a tighter binding of F110 to the alpha S monomer. Figure 2a shows that for F110 the persisting contacts are located in the segment A90 to I112 in the C terminus, while SK9 binds mainly to residues K21 to E35 at the N terminus. The NAC regions of residues E61 to A78 and the disorganized C terminus starting residue D119. We find that because of these contacts, F110 increases the flexibility of residues over the whole alpha S chain. 
C figure two B. Maybe I need to do my um, Mary kindly gave another copy there, so I can do that, do that, do that, and hopefully we'll be able to see some figures. It's just the models. Okay, so figure two. Ah, uh, da 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 da. <laughs> so, figure two A: the residue-wise normalized binding probability of F one ten blue, or SK nine red segment to alpha S monomer. B: residue-wise mean square fluctuation measured in angstroms obtained from alpha S monomer simulations in the absence in black and the presence of SK9 or F110 peptide blue. The RMSF values are calculated with reference to the experimentally resolved alpha-S monomer PDB ID IXQA, considering only backbone atoms. Data are averaged over the final 50 nanoseconds of each trajectory. Shaded regions represents the standard deviation of the average values defining corresponding curves now you know what's what's the left hand side it's just probability of this residue number binding to alpha s root mean square of angstroms versus well i guess is this i'm i interpret that as being the distance from the viral peptide and the protein itself All right. Uh, so, figure 2A shows that F110 persisting contacts are located in the segment. Yeah, we did that. We did that. We find that because of these contacts, F110 increases the flexibility of residues over the whole alpha S chain. See figure 2B. Okay, so that's why the blue is shifted up. but especially leads to increased flexibility for the segments of residues E46 to V70, T75 to V95, i.e. the NAC and pre-NAC region. On the other hand, for SK9, the increase in flexibility is more narrowly restricted to the short segments where it binds strongly to the alpha S monomer. We remark that in much longer simulations, presence of SK9 finally also results in higher flexibility of residues over almost the whole alpha S chain. The net effect of this higher flexibility is that the alpha S monomers are more extended and strand-like when in the presence of SK9 or F110. So if I was to maybe break that down into more simple language. So the spike peptide is coming into contact with alpha synuclein. It's causing a conformation change that's stretching. It's turning it into a rod. And I would predict that in turning into that rod, so we know that beta-pleated conformations rather than alpha helical coils are what's considered to be the, like the, the glue 
that makes these oligomers start binding together. Right. Uh, let's see. I suspect that enhanced furin cleavage site may reveal these prion-like peptides more readily. Oh, yeah, absolutely it does. Absolutely. Which is in the vaccine too, folks. It's not just the viruses. Both. Both, both, both. Be very, very careful around it. Now, don't stop living your lives, but just, you know. That, that hug a Chinese thing, you might want to knock that on the head. <laughs> All right, so so that phenomenon can be seen in figure 3A. Okay, so probability density of radius of gyration and solvent accessible service area of alpha S monomers in absence, black, presence of SK9, red, and F110 blue peptide data are averaged over 50 nanoseconds. Okay, and so I would look at this and say that the spike protein amyloidogenic sequence that's interacting with alpha-synuclein seems worse than the envelope protein than the, that they've described previously. In fact, I can remember reading that study many, many years ago. Uh... Radio says, it's okay, I have my nicotine pouches. That'll protect me. <laughs> Patches? Real men vape. The audio filter is working great. I don't even know if it's switched on, dude. I went, I went back to basic balls. We can have a go at using that VST plugging. Um, but I think I, I switched everything off because everything's fucking up. <laughs> so... All right, uh, let's see. Interaction with viral protein fragments shifts the ensemble towards less compact formations. This effect is more pronounced for F110 than for SK9, as I just said. It can be seen in the corresponding averages listed in Table 2. The distribution of solvent accessible service area and figure 3B support the much larger effect that F110 F110 has on the ensemble alpha S monomer conformations. Correspondingly, we find a much lower number of contacts between residues within the alpha S monomers when in presence of F110 than in control of in presence of SK9. See Table 2. Hence, presence of F110 caused a pronounced shift in the ensemble of monomer conformations to more extended, solvent exposed, and looser packed conformations that in this magnitude is for SK9 only observed over much larger timescales. So yeah, it's happening it's happening faster in response to spike protein. Or the at the amyloidogenic peptide sequence. The decrease uh, decrease in average frequency of helicity and the corresponding gain in the frequency of sheetness seen in table 2 indicates that the resulting conformations are more aggregation prone. The change in secondary structure is more pronounced for the N-terminal segment of residues A27 to T54. Most of the known familial mutations are located in this segment, assumed to be important in the early stages of alpha-S aggregation. In both cases, is the helicity reduced from about 15% to 5-6% to for angstrom squared in the presence of F110. 
The difference in Sasa arises in the case of SK9 almost equally from hydrophilic 48 angstrom squared and hydrophobic residues 42 angstrom squared, while for F110 the difference is mostly due to more exposed hydrophobic residues. And that's the um, hydrophobic beta-pleated sheets in my mind are the that's what sort of forces so it's because it's in a um, liquid water environment they don't want to be facing the water and so that's what's sort of sticking them together and that's how the oligomers start forming out on the other hand for segment g68 to a78 the sasa value rise only marginally from 1286 uh, antrum squared for the control to 1303 in presence of sk9 and even decrease in presence of f110 uh, to 1268 uh, this decrease is from hydrophilic residues while hydrophobic residues are slightly more exposed by about 16 angstroms for sk9 arises the difference in sasa almost equally from hydrophilic and hydrophobic residues hence presence of both sk9 and f110 leads to an exposure of solvent accessible surface especially of hydrophobic residues for the segments e46 to a56 that is much lower or not existing for the segment g68 to a78 as a consequence see this is this work would really benefit from just having the molecular models rotating in 3d so you could sort of they could play out the animation of these interactions Right, you're you're trying to conceptualize this in sort of in text form, unless you unless you're really au fait with you know twisting these things around in your mind and understanding the molecular interactions. A lot of it is going to be um, difficult to sort of um, wrap your head around. Anyway, as a consequence, association of alpha S chains is favoured in both cases more at the segment forming in the rod-like fibril, the interprotofilament interface, than at the corresponding segment in the twister-like fibril. This effect is again especially pronounced in the case of F110 than for SK9, with the F110 even decreasing the Sasser values of the segment G68 to A78. On the other hand, even in longer simulations of SK9 interacting with the alpha S, SASA values of 1444 for the segment E46 to A56 as measured over the last one and a half microseconds of the three microseconds barely match the values measured in the F110 simulation already much earlier at one microsecond. While for G68 to A78, they further increase to 1335 angstroms. Okay, so... Hence, our monomer data confirm that alteration of the ensemble of alpha-S monomer conformations is not restricted to the SK9 segment studied earlier by us. The net effect of the interaction between SK9 or F110 and alpha-S monomers is in both cases a shift toward monomer conformations that have a higher propensity to aggregate. The signal for this shift is stronger for the spike protein fragment F110, which is unique for SARS-CoV-2. Even more than SK9 does, F110 leads to more extended conformations with more exposed solvent accessible service with an exposure of hydrophobic residues favoring association into rod-like over twister-like fibrils. 
Ooh, hard work. Okay. I'm having to think really hard on my feet to read this and and, and try to conceptualize what, what it is that they're talking about. Okay, so fibril simulations. Another way by which SARS-CoV-2 pro proteins can promote amyloid formation is by raising the stability of fibril polymorphs. For this reason, we have probed in a second set of molecular dynamic simulations how SK9 or F110 change the stability of the two most common alpha-rest fibril structures, the rod and twister polymorphs. As with the monomer simulations, we compare for the two fibril polymorphs such trajectories where SK9 or F110 fragments bind initially to the alpha-S chains with the corresponding ones where the viral protein fragments are absent. While for the rod model, only 60 residues, L38K97, out of the 140 amino acids in the alpha-S have been resolved, and only 41 residues, K43 to E83, for the twister model, we decided against adding unresolved regions as predicted by homology modelling. This is because we found in previous work no qualitative difference in the behaviour of the original PDB models and the ones with extended alpha-S chains. Initially, SK9 peptides form about 27 contacts per chain, the 6CU7 rod fibril, and the F110 peptides form on average 33 contacts per chain. These numbers decrease quickly in the first nanosecond and more slowly afterwards, but stay constant over the last 50 nanoseconds. 13 contacts per chain for SK9 and 16 contacts for F110, i.e. the number of contacts decreased by about 50% in both cases. Note that not all of these contacts appear in the start configuration, neither the SK9 or F110 fragments are tethered to the fibril, and binding contacts can both form and dissolve. The interaction between the F1 peptides and the 6CU7 rod fibril is stronger than it is between the SK9 fragments and fibril, with the residue-wise distribution of contacts much broader for F110 than for SK9, where the binding sites are localized to segments of residues H50 to K60 and V71 to Q79. Um, just we, we just read through that i'm not going through the figure again the binding with the viral protein fragment leads in both cases to a reduced flexibility of the alpha s chains see the lower values of the residue residue wise root mean square fluctuations in figure 4b while the overall form of all three rmsf curves is similar residues in the 6u7 rod fibril bound to SK9 or F110 have lower root mean square values than the control, i.e. are less flexible, and the decrease in flexibility is closely correlated with the binding probabilities for the viral protein fragments to the alpha S chains. While the RMSF distribution indicates that both SK9 and F110 stabilize the rod-like fibril, the effect more pronounced the effect I think that's typo there, so be the effect is more pronounced for F one ten. Note especially the strong additional stabilization of chain geometry at the interprotofilament interface, but also the stabilization of the C terminal residues G eighty six to K ninety six that is not seen for SK nine.
So representative confirmations after 200 nanoseconds of simulations of the rod-like Alpharetta fibril model in A, absence and presence of SK9 or F110. Now, you know, looking at that, <laughs> you got to be some molecular geek to really um, tease those difference out. To my blurry vision, they all look the same. <laughs> but... I don't know. Like if I had to say that the th this one looks much more compact, but. I don't know. It's very abstracted out data. Where were we? Um, for comparison, we show these confirmations overlaid over the start confirmation. Oh, I see. So gray must be the start confirmation. And then the red is the SK9 and the blue is F10. Again, I mean, you can see where the overlap is miss or, or changed, but again, these are the types of things you'd have to be working with day in, day out, really. Um, they'll be like, oh, amazing. Only minor changes in the stacking and packing pattern are observed, and these help to preserve the overall fibril topology. See the representative final confirmations in figure 5a and c. As these structural changes are mainly in the individual change and not the overall topology of the fibril, we show in figure 5d, the chain root mean square deviation as function of time. Here the RMSD calculated separately for each chain taking only backbone atoms into account and averaged over all 10 chains in the fibril model. While the differences to the control are small, the RMSD is slightly lower when SK9 or F110 bind to 6U7 rod fibril. The stabilization by SK9 and F110 is in both cases connected with an inc increase in intra-chain contacts. Um, so in I guess what they're saying is is that that even though those yeah they they look like subtle changes when you're looking at the molecular diagrams but it it's causing the well if you've got fibrils or or chains they're going to aggregate together I think that, that's how I interpret that for F110, the increase in intra-chain contacts is correlated with one in stacking contacts between layers of chains and leads to a reduced solvent accessible surface area. Okay, with the difference mostly from a reduction of hydrophobic SASA. However, in presence of SK9, the SASA is increased to 30,500, likely because of lower number of packing contacts that ease separation of the two protofibrils and lead to increased exposure of hydrophilic residues. Yes, yes, yes. How much more is there? A lot. <laughs> ah, make rods for me, I'm back. <laughs> Excuse the pun, but uh, while as the rod-like fibril for the final confirmations are in the presence of SK9 or F110, less perturbed than the control. See the represent representative final confirmations in Figure 7AC. I got to see these final. What's what's the big money shot here? 7A. Let me see it. Six. Uh, 
Look at that. Leaps out of you. We see for the twisted polymorph also a clear difference in the chain RMSD curves between SK9 and the F110. See figure 7D. While the values for F110 are comparable to the control, they are for SK9 substantially lower, indicating increased stability in the presence of SK9 peptides, but not in the presence of F110 fragments. This reduced RMSD likely results from the binding of SK9 to segment H50 to K58 and the induced reduction in flexibility from the segment H50 to D65. However, the various quantities shown in Table 3 do not support this picture and show only marginal differences between SK9 and F110, while the percentage of the remaining native interchain contacts, such already present in the start conformation, changes little between rod and twister fibril. The number of interchain contacts decreases from about 50 to 40% for the SK9 complex and in the control, but it is 10% higher for F110. This is not surprising as F110 has the broad residue wise binding distribution influencing more strongly interchain binding for the, for the twister this leads in the case of F110 also to a slightly increased number of stacking contacts and similar decreased number of packing contacts however consistent with visual inspection of the final confirmations in figure 7a to c the various quantities in table 3 indicate the presence of sk9 or f110 stabilizes the twister fibril only marginally with little differences between the two viral protein fragments hence the presence of the viral protein fragments sorry affects the twister like fibril very different from the rod-like fibril where we saw a clearer signal indicating stabilization by F110 and to a lesser degree also by SK9. Conclusions Using molecular dynamic simulations, we have studied the effect of two protein fragments of the SARS-CoV-2 virus on the structural ensemble of alpha-S monomer and on the stability of alpha-S fibrils. One virus protein fragment is from the envelope protein SK9 and one from the spike protein F110. Both bind to the alpha-S monomer and induce the shift towards more aggregation-prone conformations that we also saw in our previous studies, not only of alpha-S, but also with serum amyloid A and amylin. This effect is stronger for F110, a fragment that is unique for SARS-CoV-2 and cleaved from the spike protein by enzymes released during pronounced inflammation especially in the case of F110, leads the shift in the ensemble of alpha-S chains to conformations with preference for assembly into rod-like fibrils. We also find again the earlier observed stabilization of fibrils. This effect is differential. While both the SK9 and F110 alter only marginally the stability of the twist polymorph, the stability of rod-like fibrils is clearly enhanced with the effect more pronounced for F110 than for SK9. Hence, while the time scales of our simulations are small compared to that of amyloid formations, our data indicate already that SARS-CoV-2 protein fragments can induce amyloid formation implicated in Parkinson's disease and that this effect is differentially, i.e. favoring, certain polymorphs, in our case rod-like alpha-S fibrils over fibrils with a twister-like chain structure. However, the relationship Sorry, the relation between alpha-S polymorphs and the disease phenotype has not been established. Yeah, man. 
they're, they're not doing the studies either. They don't want to look. While fibrils seeded with lysates from brain tissue of Parkinson's disease patients have rod-like structures, this may be an artifact of the growth conditions. On the other hand, the clustering of fam familial mutations associated with Parkinson's disease in the pre-NAC region, destabilizing the rod architecture but not twister-like conformations, rather points to twister polymorphs as disease-causing agent. Okay. Take their word for it. Hence, it is not clear whether our observation points to a mechanism that may explain the correlation between SARS-CoV-2 infections and early onset of Parkinson's disease. Nevertheless, our results add to an emerging picture of SARS-CoV-2 protein fragments cleaved during infection cause inflammation, cross-seeding amyloidogenic human proteins, potentially triggering the onset of the associate amyloid disease. Now, um... You've got to convince me that that same reaction is not happening in people who have been gene transfected. I'm sorry. Um, once you go in and inject <laughs> that shit, you, you induce all sorts of inflammatory responses that will cut up and make these peptide fragments. It will not be intracellular. We know they they <laughs> extracellular. We know they cause seeding phenomenon. We know they traffic around on exosomes. These are all all the elements that you would want to avoid. If I was looking at this, I would I would be saying this is how I would want to be introducing a model system to to make Parkinson's Rather than trying to use, you know, the brute force MPTP approach, something that would, you know, seem somewhat more natural, like virus host interaction in the environment and impact on the central nervous system. Now, it might take a bloody long time to get your uh, Parkinsonian model, but it, you know, it would have more uh, face and construct validity. Uh, can you give us a layman's summary? I, I think I just did. That these um, these peptide fragments will be spat out when the when the cell is chewed up by the immune system, um, or they're cleave or they're spat out during the, and the. You know that's why we we were looking at this paper earlier. Uh, Where did it go? This one, this paper, right? Let's just read the abstract. Commonati and SpikeVax COVID-19 vaccines encode a full-length SARS-CoV-2 spike S protein. To evaluate whether the S protein expressed following treatment with the two vaccines differs in the real-world concept context two cell lines were treated for 24 hours with two concentrations of each vaccine and the expression of the s protein was evaluated using flow cytometry and elisa and remember they sold people on the fact that the spike protein would be just chewed up essentially and bits of it would be presented by the mhc proteins mhc class 2 proteins and the immune system would recognize them as foreign and you'd have the the textbook uh, or the <laughs> the high school textbook version of the immune response occurring in response to vaccination. What did these people find when they took real-world vaccines and 
put them onto cells that, cells that could uh, transcribe them and make the product. Let's find out. Vaccines were obtained from free vaccination centers in Perugia that provided us with residual vaccines present in vials after administration. Interestingly, the S protein was detected not only on the cell membrane, but also in the supernatant. The expression was dose dependent. Uh, the, the details about dose dependency fill the rest of it. But the, the spike protein is in free form. This is, we've covered this many, many times. And there's the Trends in Molecular Biology paper that I encourage everyone to read. Uh, let me see if I can find the, the link for that. And it's not an unknown. We know, we see these exosomes that have these peptide fragments on them. And that, to me, is you're seeding the, your, your tissues to trigger off these amyloidogenic processes. And they're you know, for some people, it may be a nothing burger, but for some others, it could be disastrous. And I would say a 20% excess death in light of these mechanisms is pretty fucking disastrous. And you've still got circulating virus, and we don't know what those interactions are between the two. Mary, you're more than welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, good to see you here. Um, all right, so let me try and catch up with some chat. Do, 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 see if there's any questions there. I'll read through um, 50 bucks. Would that even cover a Big Mac and large fries these days? <laughs> I think it just about covers it, right? Um, where did monkeypox go? What are they cooking up next? Um, monkeypox is two... Um, it's two cohort-specific, which is homos, basically. <laughs> Look, man, dudes that want to do other dudes in the dung box are going to open themselves up to all sorts of disease pathways. Sorry, it's just how it is. It's why it's written. Don't do it. You spread disease. And when we don't have modern medicine available, that can be devastating for the tribe. Uh, what are they cooking up next? Avian flu free. Um, if we're in a situation where there has been a sustained impact on the immune system from these, from the pathogens, from gene transfection, that we we keep seeing hints of opportunistic infection coming through but the more the more important aspect is these chronic surreptitious disease mechanisms it could take five ten years to come through now if you're uh this dude it didn't take very long at all. When I came out right? of it, I had an anxiety attack. So I was fine while I was in the tube, but when I got out, I had an anxiety attack. And there was this really great nurse. And she came up and she just held me. And she started talking to me and she said, is this Parkinson's? Yopped. Yopped, yopped, yopped. So 
Good doggy says Rumble is working better today. Terminals release chemical messages called neurotransmitters from compartments known as synaptic vesicles. The release of neurotransmitters relays signals between neurons and is critical for normal brain function. Thank you, GDL. Much, much appreciated. Uh, Pedro says, she late again. What can I say, Pedro? Shame on you, Borough Boy. Must mean that ASIN chain breaks, then endocrinology system breaks. Uh, it's it's more that the so think about I said the hydrophobics sections are essentially being so you've got the peptide structure and usually they'd be tucked inside because they they're hydrophobic and they don't want to be near the aqueous environment it comes into contact with the viral peptides there's a conformation change that exposes these hydrophobic um, residues in the be depleted um, conformation be depleted sheet and those sheets will come into contact with other sheets or other alpha-synuclein molecules that have also come into contact with viral particles and boom they stick together and then they'll stick to the next one and the next one and the next one. And that's how the fiber will start. And once that process starts, who knows? All right. So don't forget to hit the like button, please. Yeah. How many are watching right now? I'll check. Could be talking to no one. Oh, 116. Nice. And uh, how many on Twitch? 18 on Twitch. So 140. And uh, anyone using WTYL? Come on, use it or lose it. Reason. Nine. Yeah, look, 150 people watching live stream. Averaging 1,500 to 2,000 people a day watching this information. I don't think anyone else is putting out this type of information in this level of detail with the uh, humorous twists that the doc throws in for good measure. Um, voice sounds good. Uh, yeah, much better than this morning. <laughs> uh, let's see. We truly are batting on a sticky wicket. Uh, just three from Arsenal's latest class. As usual, back! Right to the back of the class. Just three for Marsh. Uh, <laughs> Doggy says, didn't miss much of just endless carpet bombing of black pills. <laughs> Hi. Look. I don't think it can take us all. I don't. Biology is too complex. But. Is it going to take a big chunk out of us? Yeah, probably. Is this one of those bad newspapers that tells you to take the vaccine anyway? No, no, no they haven't mentioned vaccines, and you know they're they're being very, very conservative in how they're speaking about these peptide sequences because they know that the same peptide sequence is produced by gene transfection. Okay, and with this real-world example of it spitting out spike protein into the, well, it's not interstitial fluid, supernatant in this test prep, everything tells us that these peptides are circulating and circulating for months and they keep jabbing 
people with it that keep making escape variants and there, there's going to be a toll there already is a toll uh. <laughs> just remember, I said, came prepared with a bowl and spoon yeah that's right you get those black pills down you uh, a radioactive cloud just flew over my house and yopped me indeed uh, nobody does it how fucking alarming is that Yana uh, says excellent info doc I love the humour and outbursts I'm not as verbal but love ah, thank you very much will the injuries and death reach a point where it can't be ignored or is the spin machine just too strong I think the spin machine is just too strong and basically they'll um, anything to avoid looking at their interventions that that that's how it'll be done and it's just think of uh, you know the Enron <laughs> it's just the Enron example a whole bunch got rich and uh, that's all that matters isn't it at the end of the day <laughs> selfishness being a virtue you've got yours <laughs> Imagine Copeland understanding the Nystrom paper and his face when it sinks in. Um, he, he, he's just too ideologically possessed to even be able to understand the paper. You've seen what a retard he's made of himself in how he's tried to present it to the, to the Twitterverse. It's fucking hilarious. That's, that's literally watching a dumbass trying to explain <laughs> celestial mechanics. <laughs> Or nuclear fusion or molecular cell biology he's so out of his depth he, he's he's fucking clueless but he's so inflated with critical race theory chip on his shoulder um, you owe me you owe me <laughs> attitude he ain't gonna get it because he's all bleak excellent uh all right um that's that's that chat done let me see if i can work through these um uh, these are early uh okay i'm glad that they encoded the whole spike the whole spike that came out of a bioweapon research lab that was my biggest clue to stay well the hell away and I did yeah yeah and you know I think I've been pretty on track right from the beginning and you know the fact that it came from a lab and as we found out more and more how much defense and medical countermeasures was the driving force behind this research not a not a noble drive to understand the nature of the universe no the drive to find a way to get an edge over your enemy to go and fuck them up that's what did it and they it's got out of control and now here we are uh, let's see i did that one i did that one Um, I did that. 
The thing about adenoviral AAV drug delivery systems is that they should only be administered once as the body develops immune response to the capsid. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, what am I looking at here, Simon? <laughs> this is real Baghdad Bob shit. <laughs> Another unbelievable success for the Ukrainian Air Forces last night as Sky Defenders shot down six Russian hypersonic Kinsale missiles and 12 other missiles. Russian terrorists have no chance of prevailing over Ukraine. Their weapons can and should be countered by Western ones. Thank you to our Air Force service members and our partner states who invested in... That <laughs> sir. Uh. <laughs> I imagine he's being ripped to shreds, but um <laughs> back but holds <laughs> right right let's just let's let's just have a look at that. Let's just have a look at that. Where's that? Where's that backmut holds? How's that? How's that working out? I was just thinking that whilst uh, whilst watching that, mm. I was thinking they should have built those nine eleven towers out of that uh, Soviet concrete. <laughs> that tank was ploughing into that <laughs> left, right, right, left. 
the structure didn't fall down. Yeah, Bakhmut holds. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> dear, oh dear. All right. Um, all right. Centipede pays the coma. What, what for? I gave the layman summary. Uh, did that. Uh, did that. We need to make investments and really build back better so we can prevent the next pandemic. <laughs> yes. Happiness officer. <laughs> Uh, Radar says these streams go so far over my head. Look, th th you know, these are meant for these aren't high school or undergrad streams, right? I'm trying to get you up to sort of PhD level minimum so you can um, at least at least begin to grasp the issues that we're dealing with. Okay. And, you know, this the thing is there's a lot of unknowns this you know it might just peter out i'm praying it does look stop giving a monkey mptp <laughs> make sure he doesn't starve to death over the next six weeks or de <laughs> dehydrate and the monkey will start coming back but you know going going back and looking at the um where's that paper Where is it been? Daily step count. This paper, JAMA, right? I look at this, okay, from my perspective. This, this data right here tells me that we're seeing population scale emergence of Parkinsonism and you know that that was there with the virus and I would imagine that gene transfecting those amyloids hasn't helped now I'm waiting to see what 2023 is going to look like I hope I'm praying it bounces back all right uh, Comfortly Lum says, I laugh and laugh at Doc's, Doc's comedy. <laughs> Takes all sorts, I guess. <laughs> Takabeam says, Get back in your kill box, Nick Spittle. It's my favourite saying now. I used it down the pub on a prowl last night. Uh, they'll glass it to cover it up. Yeah, 
um, this this is my concern that um, they may have thought that they were in control of events like this, but once once these sort of mass changes are occurring, who knows? Who knows? Uh, she that song plays in my head all day. Which one? Yeah, my name's Ian and I'm thick, yo. I don't understand the difference between amyloid beta and amyloidosis. P.S. Send more missiles. Yeah, peeps in the U.S. believe all the B.S. the TV spews are them, but not just the U.S. Dude, fucking <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Who knows? Says, but at least there's plenty of hardcore for the concrete silver. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Who knows? It's Bravo! You get a. Uh... Dank meme says Ireland is finished. What's that mean? Oh no! Oh fucking no! Oh, chase me! Playing that again. <laughs> Kelly says replacing a flag and flying it like this triggers me. Flags are usually a symbol of a takeover. Is that what this is? Oh, she's starting to get it. <laughs> she's starting to get it. <laughs> this is so wrong. I've emailed the military, but doubt I'll get a response. No, you won't get a response. <laughs> it's all designed to crush you mentally and spiritually. <laughs> All right. I think that's me up to date with the chat. Let me just check if anyone else is not Zizi Chew today and uh, see if I can unleash, unleash any more uh, drips. A chemical alley. Any chemical alleys? No. No. Check. Uh, that, that's it. I'm not. I'm not pressing the soundboard anymore. It's twenty to four in the morning. Uh, take care. God bless. Uh, Prophet Burgle will be coming down from the mountain. He's made me promise to make sure that that tax evading blick stays away from the computer. <laughs> and, uh, I'll be streaming with Burgle, and we'll be going over just uh, events down uh, down in the southern hemisphere because um, South Africa is. Uh, how should we say it's the future and it's also a um it's playing a rather interesting uh role at the moment uh in relation to uh russia so all right uh i am out of here again um i will uh, i don't know when i'll yeah tomorrow night um my evening all right find me buttons Take care. God bless. See you in the next one. Avoid those uh, amyloidogenic peptides if you can. Bro, you don't know how angry I am.
You do, like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these gaffers. I will fucking kill each fucking gaffer. I swear. <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Fuck these gaffers. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never. No. I will fucking die. Fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. All that's fine. This guy. Send 10.45,000. Let up! 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 Let up!